Montreal. I believe that life, much like rucking, is a journey. On this show, we examine various aspects on this ruck march of life. From overcoming obstacles to dealing with setbacks, there's a takeaway for you on your journey. The Ruck On Show is sponsored by the Ruck On 30 Day Challenge. Grab your copy of this rucking workout challenge at ruckon.com. That's ruck-on.com. Let's get started with today's show. All right. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Ruck On Show. Uh, tonight I'm joined by another uh, fellow West Point classmate of mine, uh, Niles Mitchell. Um, Mitchell and I, or Niles and I, have shared a couple of different classes back at West Point, um, some summer training, um, just an all around solid guy. Um, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and what you're up to right now. All right. Uh, well, first, it's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, it's awesome to talk to you after uh, so long uh, and, and, and how we both have changed a lot since then. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm Niles. Um, I'm originally from Florida. Uh, born and raised that may be very rare but I'm one of those people um, and of course I uh, went to West Point as well and uh, graduated commission uh, served for a few years uh, in the army stationed in both uh, Fort Sill Oklahoma then uh, Joint Base Lewis McCord Washington and uh, after I got out um, I moved down to where I am now in Atlanta, and currently I am working uh, as an engagement manager or sort of a technical consultant with uh, Amazon Web Services. Yeah, well, I really appreciate having you on, Niles, and uh, it's been fun catching up before the show, and I'm sure we'll catch up a little bit afterwards. Um, so first, um, what I like to do is I kind of see two parallels between rucking in life, one kind of being, um, you know, when, you, when you're on a ruck march, you're going from point A to point B, and in life, you know, your point A is where you're born, and point B is where you end up at the end of your life. Um, but then the other parallel I see is, um, you know, instead of you know, just your 12 mile ruck marks that you do, you know, during summer training and stuff, you mark, you know, you ruck from one objective to the next objective and the next objective. And in life, you, we kind of, you know, we have a goal of, I guess, for, you know, say for in our case, want to go to West Point. Okay, we, we got to West Point. Now we got to get through four years of West Point and commission we commissioned and, you know, kind of each new life goal or professional goal that we tackle is kind of a mini ruck um, mm. in the greater ruck of life. Um, so I'm just kind of curious what like parallels or kind of how you see the relationship between rucking and life. Um, 
you know, now that you mentioned it, uh, there, there are a lot of parallels that I could definitely see. And you mentioned some uh, good ones. And uh, I know while I'm rucking, I never, you know, thought, well, man, this is sure is a lot like life. But, <laughs> um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And looking back on it, it really is. And I would say that what readily jumps out at me is the the parallels between rucking and the trials and tribulations that you will have throughout your life. And a perfect example of this is, you know, forget about how, how long the ruck is. <laughs> think about how the terrain is, right? Because you can, oh, have yeah. short, you can have a short ruck, but some really bad terrain and it's going to, it's going to hurt. <laughs> and, um, I think about, you know, maybe you're coming up on this really big hill and you can see the hill before you get there. You know, it's an impending, an impending doom. So that's, that's what you're thinking about, right? You're thinking mm -hmm. about the hill, even though you're on flat ground. And that's a lot like life because you can know that you have a trial coming ahead of you, a challenge coming ahead of you. And that can get in the way of you enjoying where you're at right then and there. And um, I think that's an important lesson to learn is that while you're on flat ground, just worry about being on flat ground. Don't worry about the hill until you get <laughs> to the hill. Like it, while I'm rucking, I don't even, I try, I learned to try not to even look up at the hill. Just keep my head up at the, the back of the person in front of me. Or maybe I'm, you know, I'm looking around scanning to make sure that, you know, there isn't, you know, an enemy nearby. Right. <laughs> And uh, I'm not worrying about that, the hill. I'm worrying about the flat ground that I'm on right then and there. And when I get to the hill, that's when I worry about the hill. So when you're in life and you get to a challenge, you know, it's good to be prepared for challenges. Like, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you shouldn't let the existence or the knowledge of an impending challenge get in the way of your enjoyment of where you're at, the flat ground you're on. And when you get to the actual challenge and when you get on it then you take it step by step like you're doing a, you're doing a run step by step and you keep going forward you keep pushing forward because eventually after so many steps you crest that hill and then one of the greatest things to feel is when you feel that downhill feeling after you just <laughs> came on, yeah. on one of those big big hills and, and same thing with life you know after you just overcame a big challenge in your life, it could be one of the most liberating feelings to have, to know that, yes, you survived. Because at the bottom of the hill, you may have been saying to yourself, how in the world am I going to overcome this? I'm going to fall out, you know? I'm not going to be, yeah. they're going, everybody's going to look at me and say, you know, he, he, he's weak or he can't, he, he can't hang with the rest of us or he didn't train hard enough, you, you know, some of those doubts that come in your head, but you get to the top of the hill and you're like, I actually did. did. <laughs> I did everything that I had trained up for. I prepared myself for. I was prepared for this. And you keep going. And you keep going throughout that ruck until you finish that ruck. And that is life. You keep going through life until the day that you move on from life. And you overcome those hills. Because at the end of every hill, and at the end of every challenge, is, is the down end. It's the liberating end. It's the feel good end. No, that's that's really powerful, really insightful. I think is um, 
especially how you mentioned it's good to know and be prepared for the challenge because they're going to be there, but not letting yourself get sucked into it before you're there and kind of being, being present and enjoying where you're at because where you're at might be really nice. And then being, you know, once you get there, is you're only going to tackle it by being present, taking it step by step, just like you said. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a really, really, really interesting parallel. That's, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, <laughs> so we, I know quite a bit more about you than probably most, most of the audience, unless a whole bunch of our classmates start watching. Um, but is there any particular, um, ruck or challenge that you would like to share that, you know, either maybe what you're going through right now or you've overcome and, you know, you're enjoying, you know, the, um, the steady yeah. downhill. Um, I mean, <laughs> now I'm trying to think of, you know, all the, I'm trying to think of all the the rucks that <laughs> that I've had and ones that were particularly uh, uh, challenging. Um, actually, there was there was one. I, I'll give you one of each, right? There was one during Beast, and um, I think we were just doing a short. We were doing a short ruck. Maybe it was three miles or something like that, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I had been wearing the issue boots <laughs> you already know how this goes right so i remember them giving us this list of the boots that we we can have and i got the kybers and i don't know i thought those were the most comfortable things ever right and then all of a sudden <laughs> we get we show up the beast and they took our our bags and and um they threw them all in a room and everything that was in those bags we we didn't touch, so my boots and oh, that I brought did, didn't didn't touch them. Didn't touch any of that stuff, right? Oh, Only the issued stuff. And I, I guess this is just this was company dependent because I don't know. I don't think anybody else had a similar uh, experience because I think some people got to use their stuff. But um, I ended up using my issued. <laughs> I know it was so long ago. <laughs> I, we're kind of, we just what is it? It's about to be July 2nd right now. We're coming up on eight years. Right? Uh, yeah. Within the next week, it will be the eight-year mark. So, um, of our day, wow. Um, but, uh, yes, I ended up using, I think they were Bellevues or whatever. But, oh, the Bellevilles. Um, those things were, they were too small, right? Yeah, the Bell, yeah, Bellevilles, Bellevilles. Yeah, that's right. They were too small. That's what I had. <laughs> and when we started rocking with them, we started wrecking with them. They ended up tearing off the this, this skin on my feet, like to raw, to pink, blood coming through the socks. Like some of the worst Ooh. pictures you can think of. Like it was really bad. And so, you know, this is your 18 year old, your first experience with the military. You know, you're thinking, hey, I, I got to suck it up, right? And, you know, you show any weakness. One of your, your squad leader, your platoon sergeant, particularly my platoon sergeant. I'll never forget her. I won't mention, I won't slander her name here, but we'll not forget <laughs> her. 
um, she just told me to suck it up. She didn't want to see it. She just told me to suck it up. So I kept going, Jeez. kept pushing, kept getting worse. And um, um, after after Ruck, we had um, ended up going to Rage. And um, I couldn't walk to go retrieve our targets from off the range. Uh, and yeah. they had to, the medic pulled me aside. He's like, what's going on? I said, my, I said, Corporal, my my feet, <laughs> my feet are killing me. He's like, oh, you know, here's some moleskin. I'm like, no, Corporal, you need to look at these things. And we struggle to take off my boots, and like the skin is coming oh, off. Oh, yeah. Heels off my sock and everything. He took one look at those things, and he, he ran straight to my platoon sergeant, and he started chewing her out <laughs> because she had let it get to that point. It it was oh, I was man. in pain, but I was I was very happy to see that happen. <laughs> uh, after that, I was able to get some um, some nice uh, some more moleskin and some nice ointment soft, and everything. To help soft shoe back. profile for a bit. <laughs> I, yeah, I got a soft shoe profile for a little bit there too, until my skin came back. Um, but that was that was. That was one of the rough memories of rucking. I think that set the the trend in my experience for rucking. Because every time I would ruck, I would always like remember that moment. I'd be like, I got to be careful when I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> but I would say an, an, another time, this is a lot shorter story, but after um, I ended up having shoulder surgery, which would lead me into the second part of this, uh, rucking became something that was a lot uh, very difficult for me and um i'll let that lead me into the story of an actual challenge uh that i've had had overcome which was uh back in my last year of of west point during cldt um i ended up uh we were we were doing a movement to contact and i we were all uh, moving from point a to point b on the this this ridge line and we took contact from um the op four and when that happened excuse me i stepped on top of a boulder that wasn't secure ended up falling down um and uh popping out subluxating both my shoulders and so um they pop they pop back in the guy asked me you want to keep going i i kept going i was like yeah and i'm not gonna stop and keep going Pain, pain ain't nothing, right? So kept going, and uh, later that night, we set up a patrol base, and um, we ended up getting attacked by Alpha 4 again. But my shoulders were so messed up by that point that I was off the line. I wasn't pulling security. And for those of us who were off the right line, we were resting. And when we got attacked, you know, as everybody rushes to the line to go assist, as I sat up, my shoulder was completely dislocated. And in the middle of this attack by Op 4, you know, um, it, it, all the chaos is going on. Oh, I'm yeah. sitting here with my shoulder out of my socket. And the one, the, I remember the one person who was able to break focus from what was fake and, and into what was real uh-huh. was uh, Angie Dixon. And she... Oh, Angie. Like, <laughs> yeah, Angie, Angie, she went and try to get everybody she could to come, you know, help me um, and make sure I got the actual attention I need. The, you know, this is no Legitimate longer a drill. medical, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I remember her going up and yelling at the the lane officer that was that was there, one of the attacks from um, West Point. Mm. She yelled at this major, telling him, "Hey, no, you need to take care of this now." So they call the medic over. The medic is like, "Oh yeah, you know, his shoulders messed up." They take me off the field. They bring me over to um, you know, the actual hospital. Um, Ended up staying there overnight, got uh, seen by the orthopedic surgeon. And within a couple of days, I was having surgery. He told me I had completely tore my uh, labrum and both shoulders all around. And so I had, uh, yeah, I had surgery within those couple of days. And I had to sit out the last uh, week of CLDT. We had, I had done everything that was obligatory for me in CLDT to get graded. Okay. Right. And so eventually that, that ended up serving in my favor to help me get credit for it. But um ended up, you know, going home, um, healing up, and then I uh, got my brace off right before we came back for the semester. And not a month into the semester, I ended up getting in my car accident. And, you know, me and a couple of boys were uh, out in Newburgh and um, we had came back and the driver had unfortunately lost control of the car and um, I was sitting in the back and the car hit a guardrail, it flipped over a bunch of times and it caught on fire. And uh, they were, the, the front two passengers were able to, you know, the driver and the passenger were able to get out and I was still in the back, you know, while it's catching on fire from from the bottom of the car and working its way up. And mm-hmm. while it rolled, I had, my head had hit, struck the the ceiling of the car multiple times. And, you know, I was kind of dazed, but um, there was smoke everywhere and I knew I had to get out. So I kicked the the uh, front uh, or the, the passenger seat forward because it was a coupe. It wasn't a oh, oh, gotcha. So I had to kick that forward. And then I got out of the car and as I got out of the car, I kind of exited, I exited the side of the car and went towards the trunk as I had my body passed the trunk of the car. Like I stepped out and I stepped into fire. And as my body passed the, 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 the tail end of the car, the whole thing was in flames. Like I didn't have time to grab anything, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess the worst part about it um, from my perspective was that when we were return, we were returning back to West Point, and I was tired. So I told the passenger, I said, I ha- handed him my cack, and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna go to sleep, and, and wake me up when we get there." And instead of being woken up when we got there, I woke up to the car spinning, right. and, you know, rolling over. Um, and so um, after all that happened, uh, you know, we got back and. I tried to make it through the semester and really push through that semester, but um, it took them a very long time to realize that I had more than just a concussion. It took them, it took them months to realize that. And then finally they realized, okay, he has, he has moderate, tra- moderate traumatic brain injury. We're gonna figure this out by sending him to Walter Reed. And I think it was in November, first semester of our first year, they had sent me into Walter Reed and Walter Reed said, hey, you need to stop right now, everything you're doing, and you need to go in medical aid because you have moderate TBI. 
And so I left, I came back. And by that point I had, I had really, it was like probably the hardest academic semester I've ever had in my life. I had really put some effort into there and I was still, I was failing two classes. And so um, I ended up working with West Point's, uh, uh, the registrar and everything. And um, they ended up, uh, I finished the semester out to the, to the protest of some of the medical people, but um, I, there's no way I could go do that again, right? If I came back, I had a whole nother year. Right. And so um, I managed to work with the registrar and everything, and they dropped the two classes I was failing for me, and they, I took my grades as is. I didn't take T's. So when, when T-Week came, I left, I went home, and I went on medical leave. And um, that's when the road to recovery really, you know, started because I knew what I, what was wrong. I knew how I had to, you know, kind of address the problem. But <laughs> when I left on medical leave that January, so December left on medical leave, January I had to come mm -hmm. back because I had to have surgery on my other shoulder. Jeez. So now, yeah. So then I had, sur I had surgery on um, my second shoulder, I had the TBI and everything. I was going through be behavioral stuff because, you know, concussions and all that. And mm -hmm. Just so much changes and really trying to figure out um, what was going, what was going on, and and how to redirect my life and and put it back on the path that it's supposed to be on, right? Or the way I, I saw it going. And I had to um, really reach down, you know, mentally and emotionally. Uh, to take control of myself because one of the hardest things for me back then was knowing that I wouldn't be able to graduate, you know, in May, 2016 with, with everybody else. Um, that was so hard. Cause you know, the day you show up for our day, you know, what day you're graduating mm -hmm. and all those rocks that you went on with everybody else, the blood, the sweat, the tears you put in, you want to be able to walk the stage with your classmates. That's the most important thing. Right. And so that was a really hard, a hard thing for me to overcome because especially because I know that I didn't, you know, I didn't crash the vehicle and I don't blame the driver either, either, but I, I know that it control. was, yeah, it was, it was completely out of my control. And so, um, trying to come back at the end of that year was a matter of, of taking an APFT, right? I wasn't ready physically. I wasn't ready mentally. All right, I had been I had been in such a poor emotional state that I even when I did try to prepare for it physically, I prepared wrong, and I'm getting overuse injuries and things like that, and end up failing my um, APFT to return. Most people don't even know that, but um, I did. I felt I felt that first APFT, and um, I ended up having to go back home and you know kind of with my my tail tucked between my legs and uh work even harder to make make that that dream of graduating reality and i and i really had to look at myself and, and, and do some reflection and say how am i going to push forward how am i going to go ahead and that was the part where you know you see that you're on a hill but you focus a, a, the part of the hill that you're on right there Mm -hmm. And you take it step by step. And that's when I knew that, you know, I had to keep 
keep training hard. You know, if I get shin splints or, you know, my shoulders start hurting again or anything like that, you know, you keep going. If you start feeling sorry for yourself that, you know, you're not graduating with your classmates or something like that, you keep going because you will end up graduating. You will end up, you know, getting better, getting to the point where you want physically. You just have to put in, you have to put in that work and you have to believe in yourself first because if no one else believes in you, there's only one person who would and that's yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up, you know, feeling really good about it. And I came back in, um, uh, I came back in November of that year, uh, 20, uh, 2016, take the second APFT. I ended up failing that one too. And I, and I, and to me, it was the biggest surprise because I was like, I was passing it at home. I was doing everything I needed to. I, I felt better. What happened? What, what, how did I end up failing? But it was a, you know, it was a gut check. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think I, I had more room for growth, personal growth and development. And, and I really, I, I dive deeper into my faith. I dive deeper into everything that was, that would make me better as a person. I ended up moving um, from my home in Florida, moving to South Carolina because my plebeer roommate, um, he was prior service. Uh, I don't know if you remember him, um, Matt. Um, he, uh, Matt. he was prior service, ended up leaving. Matt McDaniel. He, uh, Name rings up, a bell. He ended up leaving um, after yuck year. He didn't, okay. he didn't sign the commitment because uh, he didn't want to be in the Army anymore. But uh, he had went to Clemson before he had enlisted in the military, before he went to West Point, so he went back to Clemson. So I moved to Clemson. I completely took control. I said, I'm not living, you know, in my parents' house. I'm going to, I'm going to get my apartment. I'm going to pay for it, all, all my stuff. I'm going to work hard. And I'm going, if I don't get to go back to West Point, cause you only get two times to take that test, right? Mm-hmm. You only get two times to take the test and then you don't, they don't let you back in. So after the second time I thought, you know, I wasn't going back to West Point, but I said, I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm good. Until they tell me, that you're done. <laughs> I'm not not right. going back. I'm going to train like I have another test, and I'm going to also work my butt off to make sure that I'm not just sitting around doing nothing. I'm making money. I'm earning a living. I'm building my resume. I am doing the things that a grown up should be doing to provide for themselves, and eventually to set themselves up for providing for their family. And then I get a call, you know. Um, February of 2017, and it's from the new TAC NCO saying that I didn't get properly counseled for my first, uh, APFT failure to return. And because of that, I got another chance to take an APFT. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, that's... And yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh. I looked up to the sky. And I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And, <laughs> and I was so excited. I called everybody. I said, hey, I got another chance. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to take this. I'm going to seize this. I'm going to make it happen. And a couple months later, I said, well, I told him, I said, when do you need me there? He's like, in a couple months, May, come over here, come up and um, take the test. I said, Roger, Sergeant, I will be there. And I showed up. And I brought Matt with me, and I made him, you know, run that APFT with me, do you know everything. And I, I remember, you know, 
he's a, a civilian by this point. You can't it, like <laughs> he, he he's running APFT with me again. I know he didn't want to do that, but he went out of his way to make sure that you know I was where I, I needed to be. And I remember him running alongside me in the APFT, and he was dying. I could see his soul leaving his 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 <laughs> eyes. And um, while that was happening, I was like, I can't let this all be for nothing. And I just pushed that much harder. Ended up passing the APFT. I, I came in, I was like yelling and screaming. I was so excited. <laughs> and then they, uh, they, you know, they said, okay, we'll get the paperwork started and you'll be coming in that fall. And so that fall semester, uh, I ended up returning. And, and funny thing was, to re- after taking the APFT, Returning that fall semester, I had to take another APFT. So, so I took that one, passed that again, and I was like, J- just, just to be sure, here's a second pass for you. Yeah. And um, I finished that semester off, and um, some of the feelings started to come up again. You know, I knew I was graduating, but um, I mean, throughout that whole semester, I had been with a class that. Um, the, that senior class, that first class of 2018. So they're two years behind us. And that was a little, it was a little hard because it was a whole different environment. I mean, a whole different culture. Uh, they had fixed buildings that were broken when we were there. Right. They had new buildings that were when we were there. The first I the first was, was the, the first, first open? right? And it was such, it was kind of a, uh. it was open. The new, the new one was open. So, I got to I got to see that one. It was it was pretty oh, crazy. Man. But um, one of those the things for me was that that culture shock coming back and just feeling like you know this old dog amongst you you know these young these right. young pups. <laughs> and I learned a lot from them though. I couldn't shut myself off from them because you know I was I was a couple years ahead of them before. I learned a great deal from them, and I'm I'm so happy for the experience of having fell back and having to to rely on all those people because all those people help build me up they help support me right you know sometimes you're in a ruck and there are people who are maybe falling back but there's someone who gets behind them and they help they push them forward help them get over that that hurdle and that's what a lot of people did for me helping me get from the point of being in my low the lowest part of my life and helping me get up past that and actually be successful. And it helped me get, create a new perspective in the face of adversity and, and failure. Because after that, failure meant something that makes me stronger, right? So when um, I commissioned and, you know, I went to, I went to Bullock, Fort Sill, FAA Bullock, and I had ended up uh, re-injuring my shoulder I was like, there's just another opportunity to get, you know, get stronger, learn, and push. And when I got to my unit and, um, you know, kept going there, and eventually one of the doctors was like, hey, you're going to need surgery again. And if you need surgery again, that means we're going to have to medically retire you, which is what inevitably ended up happening. Mm-hmm. I looked at it as a, as, a, as a different opportunity there. I said, okay, well, Yes, what I had planned for me, what I had fought so hard to get to, right? To be in the army, to to be, you know, officer for for multiple years, for over yeah. a decade, right? I had that plan. 
I, I said, you know, plans, plans change, right? Whether you want them to or not, but it's about how you react to that plan, right? A tree mm-hmm. falls down while you're rucking, you, you go over the, step over the tree. If you can't step over the tree, you go around the tree, you keep going. You don't turn back around because a tree fell in your path. Yeah. You find some way to adapt, to improvise, and to overcome, right? And so when I retired from, I knew I was retiring from the military, um, I knew I had to then focus again on the ground that I was on, focus about build, like building up my foundation so that I'd be prepared for that transition that I was having. And um, I took opportunities to go into internships and, and um, network and get to know people out in the civilian world, the civilian sector, so that I can set my trans- transition up perfectly. And I did an internship with uh, Amazon in Seattle and, um, you know, thinking that after the end of this three-month internship, I would be able to get a job offer for that position that I was interning for. And that was another punch in the mouth right there because I didn't get it, right? <laughs> and I had worked hard. I got a bunch of compliments on my, my, my job and, and, and the work that I was doing. But they said, hey, we need somebody more senior for this position. And I was like, okay, roger that. <laughs> got a Charlie Mike then you got to figure out something yeah. out because you still got to put food on the table right mm-hmm. so I reached out to my connections and you know this great guy um, named Nick Curry uh, Amazon um, he found an open job uh, uh, application uh, that I could apply to at, at uh, Amazon and I applied to it and I ended up getting it but it was about me being diligent in that network, me not giving up, me pushing right. forward and, and understanding that there is always an end to a rock, right? There's always an end to a challenge. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. You just got, you have to get there. And you have to understand that even, you may not be able to see it, but it's there. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep going step by step, right? And so I applied to that job, ended up getting it. And, and it's, it's, catapulted me into a position in life that you know I could I could have never expected right maybe I did stay in for 10 years in the army and ended up getting out but maybe I didn't get a job half as as good as this one is to set me up for the things that I want life right maybe I look you know 10 15 years down the road and I am a successful actor and I ask myself how did that end up happening well I end up you know, medically retired from the army and had that not happened, I may not have been able to jump into acting the way I did when I got out in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Because cause one of the things I learned is when you're going through trials and tribulations, you, there are things you have to be able to do that will help ease your mind and, and, and keep you not focused on that, that trial, that hill, right? So if you're rocking, yeah. maybe you count backwards from a hundred. Maybe you tap on your rifle or something, or maybe you count the the blades of grass you pass by, right? <laughs> For me, that that was acting. That was my ability to take my mind off all the stressors that I, you know, I may have had. And I really dove into that. I gave it my all when I was doing it. And then when I came out, I felt clear clear headed and I was able to tackle all the obligations that I had. And um I think that, you know, everything that I've gone through, 
all everything that at times I may have said, I wish this wasn't me. What was me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the people that I lost along the way, cause I had a lot of fan members that, you know, that unfortunately passed away and many, a, a few of them while this was all happening. Um, I think to myself, it, it all happens. Maybe not for a reason that, that you can see at that time. Mm-hmm. But if you remain optimistic, focused, and dedicated to always bettering yourself and moving forward, that reason will reveal itself as something that works in your favor, strengthening you, right? And it makes it easier for you to to tackle challenges in the future. Something that you could pass on to somebody who really needs it, right? Because whoever... I meet from now on this is going through a similar situation. I'll be able to reach back into my own memories and experiences and tell them how they'll be able to make it through. Right. And, and someday I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have a son. I'm going to have a daughter <laughs> and whatnot. I'm going to be able to tell them these exact same things and help them get through. Well, it's definitely, I, at least in my opinion, really powerful. I mean, I know, I don't think I even knew like a scratch on the surface about all the stuff that you were going through. You know, I knew that you were going through surgery and stuff, you know, kind of through the process, you know, I was kind of going through my own being medically discharged from the army too. But, you know, for me going through West Point, some of the stuff, there was a little bit of a punch in the mouth, but you know, it's eye opening for me to know your story and, you know, a couple of other classmates that come to mind that they didn't just get punched in the mouth. You know, they got punched in the mouth. They got kicked in the nuts. They got punched in the mouth again while they were down. Um, and they, you know, still got through it. So, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I know, you know, I've gotten value out of hearing that and hopefully people that are watching this will too. Um, normally I, <laughs> um, quite honestly, I'm like, if somebody can't take away something of value from that, then <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to help them. So, <laughs> um, well, so how uh, how can people that are watching follow you, Miles? Niles, um, you know, when you're a, a famous actor one day, huh. <laughs> um, well, and they'll be like, well, "Hey, um, I saw him way back when he was on the Ruck On Show podcast." <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, my, my stage name is Niles Austin. So I, I, instead of, uh, my surname, I end up going with my uh, middle name. Okay. Uh, so Niles Austin, I feel like it has, it's a little bit more catchier than Niles Mitchell, but, um, <laughs> I, so my Instagram, uh, my acting Instagram is the Niles Austin, just all one word. 
Um, and uh, of course, I'll eventually, you know, make a website under the same name. So if anybody's trying to look me up that way. And of course, my, my personal um, Instagram still exists, uh, which is <laughs> WST underscore NAM for all of my friends that may be watching um, and all those who want to be friends or just want to, you know, reach out to me on a personal level and, uh, uh, you know, maybe get some advice or just want to talk, you know. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Facebook, uh, Niles, Prince Mitchell. Um, a lot of people think Prince is my middle name. It, it isn't. It, it's actually, it's, it's, a, it's a, a high school nickname. And I have not changed my Facebook name since I was 2008 in high school. So um, I, just, I just leave it for nostalgia purposes. But Niles, Prince yeah. Mitchell, add me on Facebook as well. But yeah. And we'll uh, we'll have links to all those um, on podcast and the YouTube video section of the show, so people can check that out and follow you, reach out to you. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say before we uh, wrap this up? I really appreciate having you on the show, Niles. Thanks again. Uh, no, I don't have I don't have anything else. But uh, thanks, Joe, for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, uh, being part of my. This is my first podcast ever, so <laughs> hopefully the first of many. But uh, it's been a good so experience. Too. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks for watching, everyone, and I'll uh, we'll see you on another episode of the Ruck On Show. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Ruck On Show. Be sure to follow us on social media and reach out to let us know what you thought of today's episode. If you feel so inclined, please leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time. Thanks for listening.